0: G'day, friends. Uh, So, last week we had four of, you know, four of the best finals we've ever seen, at least what we've seen recently. A little bit different this weekend, for sure. Two much more one-sided affairs. One relatively one-sided, one very, very one-sided. Oh, dear me, was that Collingwood-Geelong game one-sided. Um... Obviously disappointed about the Saints result, but I'll get I'll get all into that. Uh, a couple of you know controversial things over the weekend to talk about. Uh, so let's get into it. Why not? <laughs> the side, it lost, it to the Okay, so let's start off with Friday night. Uh, Richmond knocking St Kilda out of the finals, winning 12 to 6-13-49. So getting over the Saints by 31 points. Tell you what, six thirteen uh, is not great. Some of our worst kicking for goal this year definitely contributed to the result. You've got to kick straight if you want to win, especially in the finals. But gee, Richmond are a good team. Richmond have really switched on for the finals now. I think Richmond kind of uh, surprised them a little bit with how intense they were last week, but they are definitely switched on now. Definitely switched on. Look, I'm disappointed about the results for the Saints. Like, I had a little bit of hope going in, a little bit of confidence, but I I think this is as far as our destiny was going to take us this year. I think this is such a, you know... It is such a pass mark. This is beyond expectations. I thought we would make finals. I had us finishing eighth. If you told me at the start of the year we were going to finish sixth and win a final, I would have been absolutely wrapped. And that's how I feel. I'm super, super proud of how the Saints went this year. Would have preferred a bit more of a contest in this last game, but still absolutely tremendous year. Really good to see Steel finishing strong. One of his best games of the year is definitely our best player. Ross probably played his best game for the year. A little bit, you know, too little too late, but he was still very, very good. Um, it was tough to see Dougal Howard get absolutely minced by Tom Lynch. That was not great, but he's also had a very good year. Um, Saints had their best and fairest last night, but uh, tomorrow and I'm actually going to do a St. Kilda... Episode. I'm going to do a whole podcast just about St Kilda and their year. I'll get into all how all the different players went, talk about the best and fairest, talk about the highs and the lows, all of that uh, tomorrow night. So find that after tomorrow night if you're interested. Uh, but yeah, we were competitive, especially in the second half, much better in the second half. I think we actually tied in the second half three goals, seven a piece, which is also not great, but. Like much better in the second half. We played a lot more how we wanted to, but that's that those that first quarter, second quarter, Richmond were just all over us. They were fast. Their their handball game is off the chain. Like when when you think you've got them surrounded, you absolutely don't. They always have players just come in from all sides, ready to take that handball to the outside, and then they're just gone. And they they just absolutely tore us apart. Um, everyone said Shane Edwards was the best player on the ground he was very very good but I thought Basher Hawley off half back was by far and away the best player. He, he like he had 32 possessions in you know, a you know with 20% less game time you know like we needed to be reminded of that but he had an absolutely enormous game every single time Richmond were exiting out of their back half. It went through his hands every single time. And he uses it so bloody well. And, of course, Martin played really well. I think he had like 600 metres gained or something, kicked another goal, 25 disposals. Yeah, Richmond are looking really, really sharp. And, you know, Tom Lynch as well. You know, he kicked two goals five, but that very easily could have been a lot more than two goals five. He was looking dangerous. Now, a lot of people have been talking about the... Uh, the kneeing incident with him and Dougal Howard. I think... What do I think? So I think what he did to Howard... So he got the 50-meter penalty paid against him, Lynch, which is definitely correct. The free kick had already been paid, and then he's wrestling around with Howard. He's sitting on his head. That's not on. And then he drops that little knee into Howard's head. That's also not on. He got a $750 fine. Now, I don't... If I'm really honest, I don't think it is worthy of a suspension. It was a very light knee to the head, although it was a deliberate knee to the head. It was not very hard at all, so it's probably not worth a suspension. But let's be real about these fines that the AFL dishes out. Right? Depending on the severity of the incident, it can be you know hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands of dollars if it's a bit more severe. Like if there's you know if there's a big brawl often you know the players in the middle of it will be getting fined thousands of dollars. Tom Lynch getting fined seven hundred and fifty dollars is like flicking him in the ear. He would spend seven hundred and fifty dollars on a night out in a nice restaurant. That is absolutely nothing to him. That is like he's building a very nice reputation for himself as this sort of dirty player. And if he wants to keep doing that, he's more than welcome to. Um, it's you know he's going to end his career with not the best reputation. So if he wants to do that, that's fine. Yeah, you know, he's he's still a good player. That'll never be taken away from him. But how he wants to be remembered is up to him. Um, but he is on squillions. So dishing out a seven hundred and fifty dollar fine is absolutely nothing to him. $750 would not be worth the paper that it's written on if it's Tom Lynch's paper, if you know what I mean. I think if you really want to give disincentive for him to do these, you know, sort of cheap shots in the future, like this should be a rule, right? Th- like, you know, depend. it's obviously, you know, on a case-by-case basis, but I think in, like, say something like this happens, a player has deliberately put their knee into an opposition player's head who was lying on the ground, couldn't get up. So he's deliberately made contact with the head, although it was light. I think there should be a rule like, all right, you have to pay 10% of your... That's probably that's probably a lot. Maybe 2% or 5% of your yearly income, right? So if Tom Lynch is... like, So... Players like Tom Lynch are on lots of money. How it usually works, he'll, he'll be on like $5 million over five years. They do that kind of thing. But it's not a million dollars a year. It might be sort of spread out differently. It might be $750,000 one year and then 1250000 another year, something like that. So it could change. But let's say in 2020, Tom Lynch has made $900,000, right? So what would, what's 1% of So that'd be nine. So a 2% fine for him would be $18,000. That is a bit more of a disincentive, I think. I think 2 percent's really good. Like 2% doesn't sound like a lot out of 100%, but when you're making money like he is, and you know, you would adjust that. Because, so if a player is on $200,000, right? Two percent for them is obviously two thousand dollars. Right? That kind of thing. And you know, that's more for you know, you get what I mean? Right? There needs to be real genuine disincentive for him to not keep doing this shit. Or otherwise they just accumulate and then eventually he'll do like nothing and get suspended for a month, something like that. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, when you compare it to the the Ben Long incident they're not that different. Ben Long was a little bit harder, but was it a week's suspension harder? I don't know. The other thing I want to talk about is the Trent Cotchin tackle on Zach Jones, which did not even warrant a fine. Now, when they talk about potential to cause injury, like they did with Ben Long's hit on Jack McRae, Trent Cotchin absolutely decapitated Zach Jones. The free kick had already been paid, so it was a late tackle, the way he slung him around by the neck, the potential to cause injury with a tackle like that is sky high, right? You whip his head back the wrong way. He lands on his on the back of his neck the wrong way. There is so much He was in the air and then get, getting yanked down to the ground by his chin backwards. Like there is enormous potential to cause injury. The fact that he didn't even get fined for that is bananas, right? if If... Ben Long got suspended for a week because there was potential injury in terms of concussion for McRae, right? I think a potential neck injury is much more severe, so Trent Cotchin should absolutely have been looked at. I think that was the one that they really stuffed up. The Tom Lynch one, yeah, whatever, you know, make the fine more proportional, but, like, seriously... Trent Conchran really could have hurt Zach Jones. So I think that should have been looked at. Anyway, rant over. Very well done, Richmond. They've got to now deal with um, Port Adelaide. Is that right? Yeah, they're playing Port Adelaide and Geelong are playing Brisbane. Yeah, they now have to go to Adelaide and play Port. I do not think Richmond will be able to beat Port Adelaide, especially in Adelaide. I think they're going to get a very, very different kind of game to what they got this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to win that one. I think Port will go on to the grand final. Okay, the Geelong Collingwood game. This was a bit of a surprise. I actually thought, given how Collingwood played last week, that they were going to win. I, I like, I wasn't super confident. Like it could have gone either way, but I thought the Pies were going to win. The fact that up until, what, five minutes into the last quarter, they only had one goal for the entire game. And Geelong were like, what, 70 or 80 points in front. That is absolutely insane, especially in a final. I do not know what... Like, Geelong played very, very, very well. Like, it helps when Patrick Dangerfield can go forward and kick four goals by himself... Gee whiz, that, like John kicked a John hundred points in it. Like usually finals are low, lower scoring just in a normal year because of the increased defensive pressure. And you know, it just becomes a lot harder to score in a final. The like fact they've kicked a hundred points this year in a final is crazy. Like Collingwood kicked four goals in the last quarter when the game had already been over for 45 minutes. So the result looks a lot better than it really was. Well, wow. I don't know. I th- <sighs> Collingwood finished eighth. They did. They won a final, good on them. But then they got absolutely smashed in their next final. I don't really know how you would rate their year. I think they probably would have wanted to finish top four. I think I actually had them in the top four at the start of the year. Um, I don't know what they need to improve. I think they need to go and get themselves a really good forward. Doesn't necessarily need to be a key forward, but another really good forward of some kind, especially if Dagoe is going to go. If he goes to Carlton, their ability to score will half. Dead set. All right. Mason Cox had an off night, but I think given what they've invested in him, they need to stick with him and play him every week. All right. And I th- like they've been linked a little bit to Ben Brown, I think, and I think also to Jeremy Cameron. I think either of those would be a very handy fit. So you take, I think, I think the the club leading for Ben Brown at the moment is Melbourne. So let's say Jeremy Cameron goes to Collingwood, and say you've got Cameron, Meyerchek, Cox, sometimes, um, you know, Elliot, uh, Stevenson, Stephen Oh, the buddy hell's his name. Um, <laughs> um who's the kind of player who I'm just scrolling St- Steve, it is Stevenson, Jaden Stevenson. God, I just completely blanked it there. That was nuts. What a brain fart. Like Stevenson when he's playing well. Um, you know, a forward line like that, you just add an A grader like Cameron into that into that mix, it suddenly just looks a lot more full. I think they they need something like that. And I don't know what else. There is something going on with their Ruck situation. I don't know if we're going to find out in the next few weeks that Brodie Grundy's been a little bit injured, like he's been carrying something for the last couple of weeks. But they had the strange situation of um, Darcy Cameron... Starting in the middle for a lot of the of the games last week. And it happened again this week, except it didn't work for them this week. It went very, very badly for them this week. And he's played like what a dozen games in his career. And Brody Grundy has been one of the best Ruckman in the last decade. So, unless he's actually carrying something, that... The decision to have him play, I think he played like 60% game time. Like, the decision to have him off the ground so much has absolutely come back to bite Nathan Buckley. Like, surely, like, they keep saying he's not, they keep saying he's fine, but surely he has to be carrying something. There's no way, like, either that or they're just really arrogant. They thought, oh, it's just Reece Stanley that we'll have to deal with. Cameron can handle. You know, a huge portion of that of that role. <sighs> Gee, yeah, I, I don't know if like I don't know. They need to decide what they're doing there come the start of next year. If Grundy was carrying something, that's fine, no problem. He'll be right for the start of next year. If not, if he's out of favour, if he can't find form, they're gonna have some real, real serious problems. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like they've had they had a lot of off field problems this year, obviously the side bottom stuff, Buckley playing tennis, all of that has not gone very well for them. So they're still definitely in the premiership window. Their list is still in that very good age bracket. Pendlebury is really their only A grader who's getting on a bit off the top of my head. I think he's the only one who's getting a bit old. Yeah, everyone else is still like in a really good age bracket. Um, goey they're... They should hang on to him if they can. But they got they got to deal with Darcy Moore's contract, I think Josh Dacos, a couple of others. I actually think degoy will stay. I think he would feel more confident he's going to win a flag in the near future at Collingwood than he would at Carlton. But yeah, we'll see. Um, Geelong. Well, I didn't think they were capable of a performance like this. It helped that Collingwood were very off, but gee, they were good. They, they looked so clean. They were potent. 15 goals, 10, 25 scoring shots. In a year like this is insane. Hawkins and Dangerfield kicked four goals each, and then everyone else was single goal scorers. So what does that mean? Let me tell you. So they had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 goals scored. Wait, 1, 2... Three, four, six, seven, eight, nine different goal scorers, excuse me. But that is still super, super impressive. Like, they still fully dominated Collingwood in the middle, with Dangerfield playing almost the entire game at full forward. If they do that next week against Brisbane, they could very well win. I think they're going to have to play Dangerfield probably a little bit more in the middle next week. It's going to be a little bit more of a problem for them, especially given the Ruck situation. I think that's going to be where, if, if Geelong are going to lose next week, that'll be why. They've they get they, they got a big decision this week. Do they bring in Radigalia to help Stanley in the Ruck? Because they got to deal with Stefan Martin and Oscar McInerney. I don't think Stanley's going to be able to do that on his own. At least not well. That's going to be their biggest problem. Apart from that, their forward line looks really hot. Their back line. To only have conceded one goal until you know early in the last quarter, that's in a final. That is an amazing defensive performance. That is absolutely huge. So, well done, Geelong. It'll be very interesting to see how they go against Brisbane next week. I think because of that Ruck situation, I think... Brisbane might get them, you would think. That's a little bit... I think Port will probably be Richmond. I'm pretty confident of that. This game, I'm a little less confident. But we know how much Geelong like to get the yips in finals. So we'll see. But do they want to, you know, get over the line for Gary Ablett? And Harry Taylor as well. Don't forget about it. Harry Taylor will definitely retire at the end of this year. So don't forget to include him in that conversation. And, you know, like... You know, Selwood will go on for another year at least. Maybe two. I think next year's probably his last year. Hawkins is the same age as Selwood, I think, even though he's won the Coleman this year. You know, when is when is he going to start slowing down? They haven't got a super young list, so will this be the last year that this list has the chance to win a flag? Oh, Mitch Duncan as well. We have 18 Kicks. Thirty disposals total, went at eighty-seven percent disposal disposal efficiency. He had an amazing game. Yeah, this like this is probably the best performance by a team in a game this year. It was absolutely amazing to watch. Really, really good. We'll see if they can uh, emulate it again next week. Geelong. Okay, that is all done. Big prelim finals next week. Richmond against Port Adelaide and Geelong against Brisbane. They should be much better games than what we got this weekend. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you're interested in my in-depth breakdown of St Kilda's year, I'll be indulging myself and doing that uh, tomorrow night. I'm very much looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And I'll... Oh, I've just lost... Oh, no, we're back. All right. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye.